Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Crispy Gameless Podcast. Now, immediately looking at the corn scenario, you may be wondering, who the fuck are you? Who is this green goblin? Who are you? Who the fuck I am is Shanton, Troy's roommate. Um, I, you really, that, that's just a shirt call. It doesn't have to call him the Green Goblin. I'm, I mean, I'm Troy, <laughs> by the way. And I'm Glenn, and another, currently for this episode, the co-host, because someone has a plan for this to be, uh, about children's card games, apparently. I, I, no. It's not about children's card. I mean, it's kind of, it, it's technically, but, like, do you know a single child that can play Magic the Gathering? I mean, yeah, it's a children's card game. <laughs> you go find a fucking eight-year-old and attempt to explain land to him attempt this please i will watch i mean come on it's just i i want to create the goblin i turn the two mountains sideways and i play the card i mean anything 10 or less they will not understand any of it 11 or more they're very good at magic they're just much better at cheating <laughs> this is how it is all right this is what it'd be i didn't intend for there to be a cold open to this but uh riffing 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 ha ha but but Magic the Gathering episode. I say this because I haven't played video games because I've been playing much fucking Magic the Gathering. Well, why have you been playing Magic the Gathering so much lately? I had one friend that was like, oh, we're going to go play Commander. You want to go over this? And I was like, wait, I built one of those decks once. And then I grabbed it. And it was terrible. And then I felt the primal urge to deck build. Am I guessing that the one friend who convinced you into spending comical amounts of money on cardboard is the current one sitting next to me? Absolutely not. Wait, what? No. <laughs> no. Who the fuck was it then? <laughs> we don't we don't know if it come on, so I don't, I don't want to use his actual name, but he was he's a friend of mine. He lives a, a good description. Way um uh the Green Giant's too easy. Let's, let's get a let's a better uh fucking He's just tall, okay? <laughs> That's the defining feature we're giving him. Everyone's tall. fucking tall here. I'm 6'2", you're what, 6'3"? No, no, I, he's tall for us, alright? Oh, Mans fuck. is like 7 foot. Oh, shit, okay. Mans is a giant. Wild, alright. But he talked about it, and then, of course, I went to another friend of mine that I'd given all my cards to. I was like, I shouldn't use these, but I don't want them to go waste. Like, I don't want to just hand them to somebody at a comic shop for 10 bucks in total, you know? Just sell all that shit for the bulk. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like, fuck it. So I, I gave it to him, and then I grabbed it. So now we've, we've I've now acquired five commander decks so far. That that was the exchange there. I was, well, I guess let's let's give the how did I start playing the funny card game? So right before high school, there was this game shop by where I, where I was at the time. That would be what the, I'm trying to figure out. If it was before, or after the RV, or during. Probably right before. So, currently, you are muttering about things in your life that the audience has no idea what the fuck you're talking about? I'm trying to figure out how to tell a story, okay? <laughs> it needs planning and layering. So, card shop near me. Okay. This is the intro we're going with here. Energy, balance, none of it. There is no tone, Jesus okay? Jesus Christ, okay. But, so... There's a place they, uh, it was just a card shop as far as I knew. I don't think they sold any comics, anything else. I'm not even sure they had any other board games or anything. It was just a card shop, name by name. And for, for a couple of months there, little, little tiny Troy, I assume somewhere around the age of like 14 or 15. 
Is it bad that I just imagine Tiny Troy is just a big Troy scaled down with the beard and the big poofy hair and all of that shit? <laughs> just skinnier. Just scale. Like, you're playing fucking Fallout. You've seen actual child. child images of me. I don't, I'm just not the same human being at this point in time. No. Or glasses. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. poofy curly hair. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of Sasuke. <laughs> what do you mean? Sasuke's been... Come on. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to get on people for saying frick. Frick. <laughs> what? Because you wanted them to curse? Or because they, you didn't like the fake cursing? I didn't even like the fake cursing. I, I, no curse. Bad. Oh, so, so you all... How dare you say crap? <laughs> D- damn. But... But, <laughs> but uh, to continue the story. So the long story short, I went over there and I didn't have any cards. So I played the one format of magic which you could play without cards. Draft. Ah. So, for a good, like, month or so, I just drafted whatever the newest set was, which at the time was Dragons of Tarkir. So, yeah, it would have been 14 or 15-year-old me. Yeah. Okay. That set's, like, six years old now. From there, I uh, played that a little bit, didn't touch it too much more. Eventually got a little back into it with a couple of friends at the time. Started playing at Friday Night Magic, which is, depending on your thing, either four guys in the back playing two games of Magic and paying five bucks for it or a uh, five round system with uh, swiss rankings and buys <laughs> an entire tournament <laughs> i i was in the second category and i was i was a poor child like deck building <laughs> i played some jank sounds about right um yes, they range did. from this is the strongest current archetype and i have some of the cards for it but not the expensive one and not enough doubles so you have the most inconsistent possible way of this archetype to exist makes sense or, I found it. you could buy stuff online. For $15, I bought the rest of the cards that I needed. And yeah, I created this deck. Yeah, just buy singles. Don't buy, buy singles. Don't buy fast. Come on, buy singles. The power of the professor reaches out. <laughs> uh, for, for reference, probably, I'm not sure if it is the biggest, but I know it's one of the biggest, uh, is uh, the professor of Tolarian Community College. Uh, his, his thing is buy singles. Because yeah. buying sealed packages is a whole thing. Yeah, the only reason that you ever buy sealed product is if you're doing, like, a challenge where it's, like, a sealed-only deck with a bunch of friends, you're doing draft, or for some reason you're some weird goblin who decides instead of buying, like, a single $50 card, you spend, like, $300 on a sealed product instead, and you keep no, no, just that's beating the dead horse. I think we're totaling about uh, $700 worth, more or less. Uh-huh. So, by the way, so Shanton, uh... <laughs> I knew this was coming. So, did, did you buy? How, how many boxes have you bought so far? So, for for the record, currently at time of filming, the newest Bathing, Magic the Gathering set is the Dungeons and Dragons uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set, and this includes a very particular card under the name of Tiamat. And this individual is currently attempting to build a five-color dragon deck. Tiamat runs for about fifty dollars as a single card, or if you want to buy the really shiny one, like sixty. And if you want to buy the really really shiny one, like eighty. Now, in total, how much have you spent on sealed product in an attempt to get at least a fifty dollar card? Just about three seventy five. Three seventy five. Close to four hundred. Close to four hundred dollars no, on three seventy five. Three seventy five on cardboard. Yes, on cardboard. Who the fuck are you living with? <laughs> he, he still pays rent. Okay, it's not my problem. <laughs> he somehow pays rent. <laughs> It's, does he pay rent in the cardboard? Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> if, if he could, he damn well would. Our complex is like, no. 
only money order. <laughs> but uh, I guess to continue Magic the Gathering thing, as I mentioned earlier, the primal urge to deck build. So I'm currently on the fifth deck that I have created and purchased and sleeved and boxed so far. Could you describe this deck and what its goal is? Which one? The, the latest one that you just segued into. So the last time I got ambitious and grabbed two at once. So the one that's probably most interesting for this, uh, they won't let me play. Why? It breaks the game of magic. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but ha in my mind, if the code is legal and not banned, then at that po point it's completely legal and you should be allowed to play it. Is this deck legal in that sense? Troy? Absolutely. Yes. So why the fuck is he not allowed to play it? Explain. Okay. Think of so it, let, think let's of start it. with it. It is a commander deck. And the commander format is built around one legendary card. Commander of this deck is a guy named Norin Lawery. All right. Whenever you play a spell or ability, he exiles himself. <laughs> he ceases to exist. He physically cannot attack. And at the end of turn, he reappears under his owner's control. He's so great because he doesn't do anything. And that's it. He just runs away. Just disappears into the night. But then he always comes back. This, this doesn't sound like a very good deck. What, what are other components of this? So okay. uh, there's, I mean, there's a site when you're building Commander, which is uh, EDHREC. Which is because the, the, the first name of the commander format was Elder Dragon Highlander. <laughs> Fucking it's apparently magic. ancient, but they, they took that and went, what the hell? And they shortened that to Commander. Makes sense. And just recommendations for decks. And I looked at what was recommended for him. And it's all cards that do fundamentally dumb things. Okay. Uh, the one they're currently hating the most is named Confusion in the Ranks. Explain what Confusion in the Ranks does. So, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you choose another creature on the board, and you have to exchange it. So, so it's essentially, in other card game terms, like, for example, Yu-Gi-Oh! For, for folks that are more into that, it's like a change of heart. You just take control of one monster from the opponent's side of the field. Sure, if anyone plays Yu-Gi-Oh! <sighs> I know I'm not the only one in our audience who plays the other children's card game, Troy. Are you sure? I am sure. <laughs> there are other really sure. I am really sure. Like, confusion in the ranks is worse, though. Because it does not take control of one creature. It takes control of all the enchantments you put on the board. All the artifacts you put on the board. And so it, it, it does specify creatures, creatures, enchantments, and artifacts. You have to swap everything. So, is this like a one-for-one one scenario, or do you just steal your entire opponent's So, it's supposed state? to be a one-for-one one scenario, but you know the thing where Norrin disappears every turn? Whenever he comes back, he triggers confusion in the ranks. And you get to trade it with someone. And whenever anybody plays a spell, he disappears and comes back again. Yes. So, essentially, it is you have Norrin on the field. You play confusion in the ranks. Norrin disappears due Norrin to confusion in the ranks. Then the effect of confusion in the ranks activates already because it's already gone through resolution. You steal an opponent's monster. End of turn, no one comes back. Yes. Then next turn, confusion in the rank triggers, and it just cycle repeats. Yes. So because he disappears whenever anyone plays a spell, and magic defines a spell as for a gross oversimplification, any card that's not a land. Okay. 
Because land is the resource cards you tap to play the things. Yeah. So if you dare play anything, Norrin disappears. <laughs> and if Norrin disappears, he will come back and steal your shit. If you dare to attempt to play the game. Okay, so, so right now we have a, a two-card combo. But from what I understand, Commando decks are like a hundred cards. Yeah. So y this can't just be a deck completely reliant on a two-card combo. No, it's I, it's not. Uh, that was just the one they happened to get. Because let me let me also say that I, at the same so this deck has only been played once. But I gave it to my girlfriend because she thought it would be fun at the time, <laughs> and I grabbed the other new deck I'd gotten, and I was like, nothing could go wrong, nothing could go wrong. Everything went wrong. So, uh, she became quickly the target of the table. Oh Jesus, fuck. Well, so she got another card called Vigilante Justice. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, deal one damage to any target. <laughs> Whenever a human enters the battlefield. No one's which a human. No one's a human. Jesus. So, um, uh, Genesis Pool. Whenever any creature enters the battlefield, its controller makes a 1 1 mer. <laughs> I think there were like 10 mers on the board at one point. That were slowly eradicated. <laughs> I, um, let's just get you through the highlights of the other stuff in that deck. Uh, Time Sifter. Its actual rules text is kind of complicated for no good reason. Because it's written to work inside of actual rules text. What it basically does is, at the beginning of everybody's turn, you exile. Everybody exiles the top card of their deck. And whoever has the highest mana cost on that card they exiled takes the next turn. So, and you do that until Time Sifter is gone. So turn order be damned. If turn someone, order becomes randomized. So if someone is just running a deck of, say, like, mostly high-level cards, or, no, high-cost cards, they just play the game. Unless they draw a land. And then whatever the hell else schmuck There's no way to work around it. There's no strategy to build off of it. I don't see what your problem is with this deck. This sounds completely fair and balanced with no possible problems. <laughs> I have I have one card for you. Thieves Auction. I was going to get to that one. Uh, another card in there. Uh, again, this is Magic the Gathering, written in rules text, which is meant to be precise, but not intuitive. So, um, again, to oversimplify, Thieves Auction just says take every card that's currently on the board... Put it in a big pile and go around having somebody just take one. <laughs> Anyone doesn't matter who owned it. Doesn't matter you who get had a card. It. You get a card. You get no, a no, card. It's not random either. They just get to take it. You just put everything in there and then <laughs> I go. I want that one. How about you? I, 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 that's mine. I'll take it. Okay, nice. Then what do you want? Can I have a land? Okay. <laughs> Can I have any lands? <laughs> any land? I haven't managed to play it yet because I don't because the dagger only got played that one time. Next time you drag my ass over here for Magic the Gathering, I'm playing that deck. You be damned. <laughs> Will you be able to man the deck? We'll <laughs> That's see what happens. <laughs> it's got a few more of those effects that just, you know, fuck over one or another rule of how magic is supposed to be played or people's sanity, you know? Jeez. And then it just has a bunch of cards that burn people. So it might actually be able to finish the game at some point. So you played a fuck you deck that has... What's the win condition of this deck? Because every deck needs to have a win condition. 
So, there's Vigilante Justice that does one damage. Uh, there are five cards in the deck that increase all damage dealt by everyone. Uh, Torbran, who's a dwarf, uh, when he's played, increase all damage sources by two non-combat sources. So, any enchantments I have that deal damage. Any cards I have that don't punch people. They come into play, and they deal two more damage. That's important. If there are two cards in the deck that says all damage dealt by everything is doubled. Oh, fuck. So there's cards like Pandemonium. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, it deals its combat damage. It deals its power to any target, which is the amount it would hit someone for. Uh, what's another good one? Uh, Harsh Mentor. Whenever anyone activates an ability, they take two damage. So this is a bone deck mixed with, let's break every single rule of this card game. Yeah. This sounds perfectly fair and balanced with no possible problems. <laughs> it's not the best part is all those not. doublers and stuff they're all universal effects so it just applies to fucking anything yeah it applies to everyone so even I take damage from bullshit you also deal damage from bullshit nice <laughs> I had introduced trade deal the card and they didn't want trade deal the card for some reason why did you not want trade deal the card why would you not want that that sounds like a great idea no. These people wanted to, like, play the creatures they put in their deck or something? Yeah, yes. what the fuck are you talking about? Just just play the guy who, who runs away at the slightest sign of danger. Come on. <laughs> play the meta. <laughs> this is not the meta. This is so incredibly killable. Uh, there's one commander that I've found at some point that's literally, like, the antithesis of this deck. <laughs> uh, magic has a mechanic called protection. Mm-hmm. And it means it can't be dealt damage. You can't block with creatures of that color. You can't target it with any spells or abilities of that color. It just can't function on anything that that color does. And there's a commander that just says protection from red. <laughs> and another rule of commander is that you can't use is that you can't play any colors that aren't your commander's color identity. So whatever color it actually is, than any other mana symbols on it. And Norin only has one red mana symbol. So we can only play the color red. So you are playing what would be called colloquially as a mono-red deck. Yes. Okay. The fuck? You want, would you like to know the other deck that I got with, well, with, with that one? Yeah, we'll, we'll swing into the other deck, yeah. Um, if I just had a creature, like, I can make a deck out of this. Her name is Depala. She get, she makes dwarves bigger, and she makes vehicles bigger. And when you tap her, usually you crew a vehicle. You can pay some in and look and see if there are any dwarves or vehicles. I, that's it. That's the entire plan. I have dwarf. I have vehicle. I make go room. We go slab. <laughs> they really do go slab. <laughs> they, they go slab. Okay. <laughs> they I have successfully won a game with this deck. <laughs> and what? that was the shortest game of commander we ever played. How long is a normal game of commando? Um, for our group, we tend to play a ton of slow decks that make board states that are so stupidly complicated. It's pain. So, I'd say we average about 12, 15 turn games. So, estimate this in, like, time. Two to three hours, maybe even more. And how long did this uh, big dwarf game go? 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes, yeah. <laughs> so, what, like three turns? Uh, like seven. Seven? But the earlier turns are always shorter, because it's usually like, I play a land, pass. I play land, pass. <laughs> It's like a game of civilization. The more you go, the more shit you have to manage. It's a game of civ. <laughs> Jesus. But with cardboard. 
cupboard. It's very strategic in a way that later on you have to make sure you have either attackers or defenders, or you play your uh, board wipe at the right time. It's stuff like that. I mean, uh, we were, we were playing last night. We were giving Shanton shit because his average turn length was ten minutes. <laughs> ten minutes, yes. There were five people in this game. Just Shanton every turn would take ten minutes. <laughs> They're like, okay, I, I tap, tap, tap. I summon. Uh, I swing at you with like ten. Okay, pass to on Shanton. Yeah. Yeah. You just see him sitting there staring at his hand, like. Hmm. <laughs> people would just start conversation. They knew it was his turn. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> Just getting up from the table. At, at, at one point, somebody pulled out their game. Switch and played a game of Pokemon Unite. Really? They finished that game before it got to his turn. <laughs> I, I wish I was out. joking. I could have taken them out, and that would have been that. But, you know. It didn't matter in the end, okay? <laughs> I ended up taking both of them out on the next turn. <laughs> you did, yes. From bottom. No. Yeah, the, uh, the, so he was playing his new, like, elemental landfall deck, uh, because I just spat jargon out. Landfall are decks that have effects that say they do stuff when you play a land, the thing you tap for resources. Yeah. In magic. So he makes a lot of lands. He does free shit when he plays lands. He, he did eventually win because he got good shit from the lands. He made some plants. They made the plants super big. He scared the table with, what, I don't know, 10, 32, 32 plants? <laughs> it was 6, 36. 37 plans. Six. 20. No, it was 632s. 33 plans. But uh, for reference, that is the power and toughness of the creature. So if they attacked, it would take 32 damage to kill. 33 damage to kill them. They deal 32 damage. And again, for reference, the life total of Commander is 40. <laughs> yes. One of these can nearly kill you. Mm-hmm. But. Two of them definitely can. Yes. Okay, moving over to the decks that Shanton has built. So, I previously have given you shit for the Tiamat deck. What is your actual plan when you supposedly get a hold of this dragon? What is this deck going to look like? A bunch of dragons. (laughs) Um, Ways to get those dragons. I haven't thought of... Wincon is just damage. It's just damage. gonna be damage. Just hit things with angry so, dragons. For quick intermission here for more magic jargon. Uh, what what Shanton is making and what what the, the the earlier dwarfen vehicle deck I was discussing is they referred to as a tribal deck. It's a tribe of things. So be a tribe of dragons. There are lots of cards printed in Magic that say choose a thing. It gets plus one plus one. I choose dragons. Find a dragon. You know. Yeah. With standard socials and stuff like that. Continue dragon. What is in dragon? Yeah. I'm also gonna have a way to uh, cast dragon spells for free, if possible. Is that is that just files of invention? No. Uh, there's okay. There's there's a difference here. You what he's referring to is usually called cheating it in. So you use another effect that just says you can put it on the battlefield. So you didn't pay its mana cost. You yeah. just cast it. Fires of invention. Which is the card he's mentioning? Uh, it's, it says you can just play cards that have that cost less than the mana that you currently have for free. <laughs> but you can only play two cards per turn. You can't play anything in your opponent's turns. Yeah, it's a very odd card, but it also can be very good in situations. Yes. I used to play a. It is I, in the chaos deck. It is in the chaos deck. It good is in fact. 
I used to play some form of a Fires of Invention deck, but I cannot find my old deck list for it. It's mostly in there in case I destroy everyone's land on accident. Makes sense. Wait, no, it wouldn't help me if I destroyed the land. It's in there in case I get the wrong land on accident. Ah. But, alright, since, since you gave your backing for how you began playing Magic the Gathering, I guess I'll go ahead and give mine, which is back in like 2015, 2016, I was talking to my fucking dad, and he's like, you know what, you, what card games are you playing right now? And I'm like, I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And he's like, fuck that. You're not playing that shitty card game. I I'm support gonna your buy, father. <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to buy $400 in cold, like, 2015 Magic cards. And we're just going to draft for, like, three days straight of going through all these fucking cards. I support your father. And it was all standard, which, in reference to standard versus commander, commander is, as we previously explained, 100 card deck, technically 99, because one of those has to be the commander in that deck, you can only have a one copy of each card, versus the deck that we will kind that we were playing, which is referred to as standard, which is I believe a sixty or forty card deck. Uh, standard, uh, which is kind of because their most formats in Magic are a sixty card deck where you can have four of any different card. Exactly. Except for basic lands, because yeah. basic lands are the things you need to play things. So if you yeah. can't have so you can of those, choke dang. that shit in there. But uh, standard is the name for the rotating format, so it's whatever the newest like six sets are mm-hmm. year or so of cards you know i was curious about that because i knew that magic had the rotating sets does that apply to commando or no okay no. commander is referred to as an eternal format there okay. are three eternal formats as far as i'm aware there's commander which is the goofy cousin of the other two eternal formats <laughs> uh the I other two are vintage and legacy i'm not sure which is which but i know one of them, they have a similar ban list, but one of them allows nine cards printed at the beginning of Magic, which are so infamous, they are nicknamed the Power Nine. Ah, yes, the the, the Black Lotus, the, the call that even anyone who doesn't play Magic the Gathering knows what it is, because it's comically expensive. Yeah, it's... So, I mean, I mean for reference, uh, I think it has all of the zero-cost mana artifacts. Yes. Because they're, they're like the Moxes, and then it's the Black Lotus, which is just get three mana for free. Yeah. No negatives. Just do it. You, you destroy this card in the doing so. But it doesn't matter. You're three mana ahead. Fuck you. Die. But yeah, because what I remember, the Power Nine is the, the Moxes being... A zero-cost artifact where when you tap it, it just creates that kind of land. Yeah. The Lotus, which, as you explained, one being called Time Walk, where you just take okay, another yeah, tone. Let me, let me get through. Two of these are blue. And uh, they there are, are Time blues. Walk. There are three blue. I'll get there. Uh, time Walk, which is two mana. Two. Count it. You can play this turn two. Or if you have any available, it's possibly turn one. And it just take another turn. Just go again. Just do it. Uh, for reference, when they have printed this effect more recently, uh, on average, this effect costs six mana. <laughs> uh, and the other one is Ancestral Recall. Pay one mana, draw three cards. And again, for reference, this effect generally costs five mana when printed today. Well, yeah, because originally when those original alpha, beta, and unlimited sets of magic were printed, the the... The thought was, okay, someone's going to buy a starter deck and, like, 
a couple packs, and then they're gonna play, and then they're gonna go and do. And that was the only plan. They weren't expecting the goblins who buy $400 and go, I'm going to drip open all of this cardboard and consume. Also, uh, for reference, uh, each of the cards we are discussing is the Power 9. Yes. Is at least a grand. Like, even for the weakest one being one of those blue cards, I, I think. Maybe. We can we can look up what the Power 9 is. We, wanna... we can probably chuck them up somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the cheapest one is still a grand. Most expensive one, of course, being the Black Lotus. Which, for reference, uh, the most recently sold one was one signed by the artist. Oh. Making a cool 500 grand? Jesus fuck. That's an expensive cardboard. It really is. Yeah, because I remember going to... A couple of weeks ago, I went to an anime convention down in Houston. If any of y'all were at Anime Matsuri, yeah, it was great. Kind of. There were some issues. Sure. We'll, we'll talk about that I in was later. never there. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a later episode. But uh, one of the things there was there was a bunch of little card shops, and one guy was selling a Alpha Lotus for five grand, which I was almost like, I'll buy that because that is a comically low price for a Black Lotus with the black border instead of the white. Oh, yeah, that would be... That's what it matters, realistically. Mm-hmm. Because, if I remember correctly, it's original alpha is black border, beta is black border as well? Okay, so, white borders are only attached to the additions. So anything from what they call first edition, which is what we refer to as a magic core set, and I believe sixth edition, they have white borders. Because white borders at the time were intended to mean reprints. Because it's the classic magic card being reprinted. Uh, they, They stopped doing this because... They realize if you want people to buy a set, there should probably be new cards in it. And so it went to, well, they'll add new cards to that, and they called it the, the modern core set. Uh, I believe they still called it edition up until, I think, 10th. Okay. So it looks like the difference is alpha and beta will... Alpha was printed really, really shittily on, like, sad printers. Beta has improved print quality. And then unlimited is the white bottle. And that's right. the difference between them. A deck for that format. Comically expensive. Oh yeah, th- th- that's expected. <laughs> Magic Bind 4 Black Lotus. C- can you even physically buy a playset of Lotus at this point? I would expect all of them are like PSA graded in like bulletproof vests at this point. I mean... Some. You, you can... They're, they're for sale... You could probably you have to buy them as they're graded like that and purchase them but and crack them open, which that would be terrifying. People open alpha and beta with gloves on. God, yes. They tenderly peeze out it, put it straight into the top loader. Put put it straight into a sleeve and then double sleeve it and then triple sleeve it. <laughs> God, we found triple sleeving sleeves at the comic shop a couple days ago. That was actually <laughs> funny as hell. I currently, so, so for context, I, as previously joked about, I play Yu-Gi-Oh! as compared to these guys playing more Magic. And one thing in Yu-Gi-Oh! that's more of a modern format thing is you can have something called a field center. Uh, where you put it on the field and that evens out because you have link zones next to the field center, which is a more modern thing. And that field center can be basically fucking anything. 
it's it's the same rules like tokens. It could be a Bakugan for all hell's concerned. It doesn't matter. So what I currently have. Why isn't it a Bakugan? Huh? Why isn't it a Bakugan? Because all my Bakugan are my fucking dads. <laughs> Failure. I know, but what I have is a triple sleeved violence van card from a fucking cyberpunk RPG show that I would listen to currently as my field center. So it just says the fucking violence van and it looks like one of those shitty 80s van with the giant like unicorn on the side with like a person riding it with a sword on it. Imagine the Ghostbusters van but if it was hit by a punk ray. <laughs> you know that fucking van from Onward that Disney got sued for? That but not sue worthy. Welcome back to the Crispy Gamers Podcast after a short intermission to uh, figure out what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. So, Troy, you had something you wanted to talk about again? So, uh, for, for history's sake, I, I didn't play Factory Pride of Magic, and I've, one of the things growing up I realized is that as a child, I was oddly good at very specific board game requiring things. Okay. Uh, again, 15-year-old me made two standard decks. Um, one of which, a group of my friends refers to it as the Loop Deck, which is a very odd title for what it, they claim it can do, but it's a, what they're, what the archetype of magic deck called a draw-go control deck. And it's named that because it does almost nothing on its turn. <laughs> it draws the card for turn and says, go. It just It's filled with counter spells, lockdown, everything. It is white and blue. Oh, fuck. Okay, actually, before we swing into more card-specific stuff, could you explain, like, a brief idea of what each color means? So, magic color theory. Um, so card-wise, uh, mostly the colors do certain sets of things. Uh, red generally does either burn, which they refer to as stuff where it just deals damage directly to either faces, creatures, etc., and like really aggressive cards or just wacky cards anything that flips coins does random stuff uh blue joey wheeler <laughs> card draw uh counter spells whatever they want to be fancy with that week yeah they put a lot of cards in blue that don't make a ton of sense okay they also like to have flying creatures flying creatures if they're not like a bird that they can put in another color are blue uh white does everything and nothing um, they generally make little guys that, like, help with each other. So And they well, also make a bunch of shit that says you can't do things. So it's the token negate. Kind of. Uh, green, uh, they make mana, they make big things, <laughs> they make token, they make more token. Green does white, a lot of things. It's called a white. It gives you life. White and green also tend to do new life things. And then black is like, bleh, death. They get stuff from the graveyard, they got zam zombies, they got vampires, they do those things. But they're gonna take damage for all that. Uh, also, I tend to joke that uh, black let you do literally anything as long as it deals you damage to do it. <laughs> yes. Wanna find a fucking random card in your deck? Take two damage. Wanna draw a card? Take a damage. Yeah. But, uh, said control deck, uh, the general idea was to play kind of small creatures and counterspell most of the things that would actually be a threat to you until you put down an artifact named Tamiyo's Journal. Uh, Tamiyo's Journal says at the beginning of your turn make a thing called a clue. And it has an effect where you can sacrifice three of those clues and search through your deck for any card you want. An effect simplified in magic to tutoring. 
thing is, the deck played another card called Erdwall Illuminator. When you make your first clue each turn, make another one. Because it plays four of that, if you can get two of them on the board at once, every single turn, you will immediately get enough card, enough clues to sacrifice, get whatever card you want in your deck. This is also a control deck with a ton of card draw. So basically, if you live long enough to set this up, you can find whatever answer you need to do whatever <laughs> you want in the deck. Whatever answer you need, you can just grab out of the deck. You can search for it. And, I mean, there, there's cards to do things. Uh, it's One of the main complaints that it Danley looked at is, like, there's not a ton of win conditions. There's only a couple. Because you don't never have to draw them. Ever. Yeah, you, you lock down the board. If you need help locking down the board, you find the card you need to lock down the board. From that point, uh, if once you have the board locked down, you decide how you want to kill them. There's a thing in there that says whenever you sacrifice a clue, they start milling cards, which is putting cards from top of the deck to the graveyard. That's winning by deck out. Uh, so, uh, fun fact about magic. If it becomes your turn and you have to draw a card when your deck is gone, you lose immediately, instantaneously. Yeah, that's, that's normally the rule, because that's the same in Yu-Gi-Oh! That's the same in the Pokemon trading card game. Most trading card games, if you cannot draw anymore, you just deck out and lose. Yeah, I, I only mention that because there's like there's Hearthstone that doesn't do that. Doesn't Hearthstone just flip your discard back into your deck? Segway time. Oh god. Have <laughs> <laughs> you played an annoying amount of Hearthstone? What the? I haven't played Hearthstone in years. So, if you run out of cards in deck in Hearthstone, I think Hearthstone only has thirty card decks too. So this can happen a lot. So in Hearthstone, your first turn where you would draw without there being cards in hand, it deals you one damage. From there, it increases every tick. The next draw is two damage. The next draw is three damage. The next draw is four damage. The next draw is five damage. So it instead of being an instantaneous loss, it's a death clock. Yes. Now how much life do you get in Hearthstone? I think... I I want to say it's 20, but can't remember. Haven't played Hearthstone in a while. Uh, I also remember it not being super important, because there's a lot more life, life gain stuff in Hearthstone. Yeah, Hearthstone is just a wild game. Hearthstone has a machine to do randomness for it, so it went, fuck it, we're going to do a lot of randomness. Is there anything else to say about Dumb Control Deck? Uh, that one, uh, the, the person I did give my cards to... Because they were playing Magic with their friends. They were, you know, actually playing Magic at the time. Let them keep most of the things. But uh, they described that uh, they began to referring to any deck that was fairly that was fairly good or just kind of stupid as a Troy deck. <laughs> and I'm glad that's my legacy upon this earth. Just, is the deck bullshit? It's his. <laughs> uh, the other deck that I created, I'm, I'm not sure it ever got a, an appropriate name. But it was a combo deck, but not in, like, the interesting it was it was just a little weird uh I, the general story of that deck is i once swung at someone for 1024 damage did they block it with a FNM. one one goblin yes yes they did <laughs> did you win it did not have trample i think i did eventually win but the uh, the whole idea is that's built around a series of cards called the modules released in kaladesh or like you play a creature, you get an energy. You play an energy, you get a plus one, plus one. You get a plus one, plus one. You could pay a mana to get a servo. A servo is a creature. So you just... It, it's, it rolls. It, it cycles if you have mana. 
but it makes energy and plus one plus ones. And so it, it was built around a couple of winning conditions. Either Consulate Dreadnought, which is a big vehicle with shovel with fucking servos in. Don't fucking die when they hit someone. <laughs> and Electrostatic Pummeler. Electrostatic Pummeler is a 1-1. One, one. But you can pay three mana to double... You can pay three energy to double its power. How and many... The, and the engine I described earlier, the, the four cards that do the thing, make energy and plus one plus ones. So the 1-1 one, one is now a 5-5, five, five, and you have 20 energy to double it up. Double, 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 double. 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 And you have a bunch of servos being made to block. Why do you only make the jankish shit? Like, like here you describe your decks from when you were, like, a small Troy versus the, the fucking runaway asshole deck now. You haven't changed. You haven't grown. This is just the same shape but with a bigger budget. And? <laughs> I see no issue. You're the one who's living with this, man. How do you feel about these fucking awful decks? They're not awful in the slightest. <laughs> They're just so fucking powerful and so stupid at the same time that you just hate them. So the, the first deck I made after I like, I need to have a deck that's fun. And so I referred to it as the dog cat deck. <laughs> and so the commander is, it's a dog and a cat together. You wouldn't think. Whenever you play a dog, you get a 1-1 one, one cat. Whenever you play a cat, you get a 1-1 one, one dog. And then, in effect, I lovingly refer to as the Doggy Death Star. <laughs> you could pay three mana and tap him to deal damage to anything equal to the number of dogs you control and heal for the number of cats you control. And I remember I, I played this deck at one point. It's just doket, doket, doket. She makes a lot of tokens. She <laughs> just has fun, okay? Uh, the, the dream is to, at some point, get 40 dogs simultaneously on the board. And then just kill so someone So that someone can be obliterated by the doggy <laughs> Death Star. <laughs> is this reasonable in the slightest? Fuck no. Welcome back to the Crispy Cables podcast after receiving a Amazon package with a bunch yes. of fucking bullshit in it. So we left. Bullshit. It is. It, it was nice bullshit, but consistent. Uh, continue. Uh, I occasionally make a joke that uh, we make enough of tribal decks, which is just decks that are around one thing, as I've described earlier, that we should have like a tribal Tuesday. Tribal Tuesday. <laughs> we should play Game of Magic where it's only tribal decks. Yeah. Uh, and I figured a good way to finish out the episode would be to just describe the dumb ideas for tribal decks we have. Okay. Both of you, what is the dumbest tribal bullshit that you will have right now while going to build. Skeleton travel? Skeleton. <laughs> one name, one card. Lightning Skelemental? What the fuck is Lightning Skelemental? It is a... What? It's a 6-1 creature? Yes. It's a 6-1 creature that only lasts for one turn. But I can t attack an opponent for that one turn. And possibly deal damage to them. So this is a thing that allows direct ping. So like, Lightning Skelemental is, it costs three mana. Two of which has to be red and one of which has to be black. Okay. Most magic cards have the option to choose two colors and then whatever. You have to pay this specific combination of colors. Two it red, is, it is and I quote, an elemental skeleton. 
and it has trample, which means that whatever damage it, it hits to a blocker, it'll also hit you if it goes over. Yes. It does Yu-Gi-Oh damage. <laughs> yes. And haste, which means you can attack the first turn you play it. Other effects are, if it hits someone, they have to discard two cards. Yes. And at the end of the turn, sacrifice it. <laughs> yes. And I'm assuming this is the commando of this deck? No. It is no. not a legendary creature. A commander has to be a legendary creature. Really? In which that is not. The, the commander for this deck is Morophon. Who is not a skeleton. Not a skeleton. But <laughs> it's a changeling. So it claims everything. Which means it's everything. So it claims it's a skeleton, so it applies. Yes, and the same combo in which I can play free dragons is in this deck, which is Morophon, which has a thing where it states you may pay just all five colors to cast a spell. And then Fist of Suns, or no, it costs those colors less to cast. And Fist of Suns say you may pay this for a certain type of spell. In which case, you can pay, you can play all your skeletons for free. So, but, but in Magic, this is referred to as a cost reduction and alternative casting cost? Yes. So, okay, these cost two mana. One of any color, one black. And instead, I can play five colors. They five mana to cast this. This is a great idea. What could go wrong? But it says re- reduce each casting cost by five colors, which is a fancy way of saying you don't have to pay the colored mana requirements on stuff you cast. It's supposed to be make it simpler. But if it only costs colored mana, it in fact costs five less. If it only costs five, it costs zero. Terrifying. Yes. But all right, what's your bullshit deck to finish out this episode? So I guess dumb, dumb tribal deck that I actually made is, uh, is obviously the, the dog and the cat deck. Play dog, get a cat, whatever else. Uh, go for my, my favorites in there so far. Um, uh, most flavorful card I think I've ever seen in uh, all of Magic is a card called Selfless Savior. Mm. It's a little dog. It's one win for one. And whenever you sacrifice him, he gives another creature indestructible. He gives himself up to save their life. The doggy jumps in front of the bullet. <laughs> Such a good cute. boy. <laughs> he is a good boy. And on on but, that good boy. No, but, but there's more. There's more. There's more. There's also Hungry Lynx. <laughs> whose first line makes me so happy. Cats you control have protection from rats. <laughs> Glenn has seen this card in action. I have. Would you like to describe what playing this card is like? So, when you play the card Hungry Lynx, it makes all of your cats immune to rats. And, at the end of your turn, since these fuckers play Commando, you have to choose which opponent gains a 1-1 rat with Death Touch. A.K.A. who gets a rat, who gets a rat, who gets the rat. And whenever these rats eventually die in a burning fire, because you immediately have a million fucking just bullshits, and if the links are still on the board, that means that when those rats bite the dust, because they will, immediately, you gain how many plus one plus one counters? So every rat that died explodes. Plus, I, I think in this situation, no one else had really gotten any creatures down, so everyone was sitting at like two rats apiece. They'd been there for like six turns or something absurd. Mm hmm. And I think what happened was that one of them was like, fuck it, they have Death Touch, he can't stop me. And, he, and he's attacked with just three rats. 
And then he res- and someone else responded by blocking those three rats with two rats and something else. Meaning in that combat, five rats had perished. So me, playing the Dolcat deck, suddenly had five plus one plus one counters <laughs> just to chuck at whatever was on my no, board. No, not to chuck at whatever. Just, just everything got it. Everything oh, yeah. every, every single cat just acquired. Every cat acquired the, the, the power up from the rats. Jesus Christ. And then uh, the the final one. It's referred to as uh, a lord effect. A lot of these travel decks enjoy those. It's a card that gives a certain type of creature. Plus one, plus one. First strike or whatever else. And so they, they sometimes have other effects. And it's called pack leader. It's a little dog on a hill. And he says, other dogs you control get plus one, plus one. <laughs> dogs you control. Uh, prevent all combat damage dealt to dogs you control. <laughs> Combat damage is stuff that happens when you're fighting someone. So you can attack someone with all of your dogs. <laughs> and nothing and, will happen. And if anybody blocks them with creatures, it doesn't matter. The dogs will survive. <laughs> the dogs all of the good live. boys shall live. All the good boys. God. But on that note of the good boys living through fighting dragons, this has been the Crispy Gamers Podcast, Magic the Gathering Edition, with a goblin. If, if, if people want to fucking... See more of, more of your bullshit. Do you have a, anything you want to shamelessly plug, Shanton? No. No? no. You're, you're just existing? I just exist. That, that's good. So, alright. So, this has been Glenn. This has been Troy. Uh, and... Quick, quick note. Uh, I'm supposedly editing this one. I yes, think you we are. had, I think, five or six clapouts to go have cut. So, editing this will be something. Glenn lives in fear of what this will look like. I'm happy I'm not editing it, and also I'm really terrified that I'm not editing it. (laughs) And on that awful note, we'll see y'all next time. Have a good day.